Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eternal Leadership Podcast. I have to introduce you today to one of my favorite people in the world, Amber Vilhauer. Amber, welcome to the podcast. I seriously could not be more delighted to be here. Um, so, John, you're one of my favorite people on the planet. And Every single time, we were just gushing over each other before this recording, but every single time we talk, we both just feel better. We're both more inspired, more directed, more connected. Um, so watch out, everybody. You're, gonna, you're in for a treat today. Well, yeah, we're going to have a blast. And here's how I met Amber. I, <laughs> I was going to Heroic Public Speaking. It's a public speaking training platform with uh, Michael and Amy Port that Amber and I uh, were both in. But it was my first time. I land in the Philadelphia airport, and I go out to the curb, and there's a young woman there, and she's got, like, the nicest, friendliest smile, just very welcoming, and I'm a total stranger. And she's standing there with a friend of hers, and we just start chatting, and we realize we're both going to this <laughs> HPS together. Which uh, is, like, then, 90 minutes away, by the way. So it wasn't, like, a quick little car ride. <laughs> 90 minutes away. And then we find out that you're from Colorado. I'm from Colorado. We actually flew out there on the same plane. <laughs> And then we flew back after this four-day workshop on the same plane. And I got to tell you, that was about, what, nine months, a year ago? I can't remember. It, it feels, I, I don't know, time, we're in a time warp right now. Definitely but are. But through this, I have just come to grow and to respect Amber so much. Her company, just a little bit about her, right? It's called NGNG Enterprises. And you can go there, NGNGEnterprises.com. Stands for, what does it stand for, Amber? No guts, no glory. Yeah. Okay. Now you have this awesome story. No guts, no glory. Found it out in 2007 because Amber has this passion to really create personal connection in what we do, to lift people up, to facilitate, to be a catalyst on people that have an impact driven message like I do. I think that's why we connected, right? Yeah. And to help people bring that out in the world. And you do that through she, uh, Amber's doing my website design. Mm -hmm. You have a program called Leverage to Scale. I was so impressed. It actually helps anybody out there that has an assistant. Amber, through this Leverage to Scale system, trade my assistant to literally do in five hours what used to take 20 or 25. And Amber, I don't know if I've told you this, but our engagement in different areas has gone up from 800% plus. I mean, ah. it's been off the hook. <laughs> okay. So if you're out there, if you're a business owner, a speaker, a coach, an author, you're running a team, or you're writing a book, okay? We're going to be talking on a couple areas that will definitely, I believe, be a, uh, incredibly valuable for wherever you're at. Uh, but here's what I'd like to do, Amber, because you know, I know you, and you're awesome, but go back. Go back. Go back. Rewind the tape. I'd like people to hear a little bit about your journey and get to know kind of how mm. you ended up doing what you're doing now. And then what we're going to talk about, everybody, is really this isn't about marketing and conversion. This is about, especially in this time right now, I just want to share this, if things have really changed. And I know Amber shares my heart on this, right? It's all about being in service. It's about adding values to other people. It's about making the human connections important again versus the transaction the to-do list, the stuff that we do tend to focus on. And how do we do that for ourselves, for our clients, for our customers, for our families, for people that don't know us yet? In an authentic, in a real way, builds relationships, builds trust. Because when I know when both of us do that well, 
business is going to take care of itself and everybody out there listening, our business is ground to a standstill because of everything that's happening. But I honestly have a huge piece about the future because we're doing all the things right today. Uh, mm -hmm. But with that, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll say today and then I'll go back. But today, okay. uh, my company, NGNG, we do a few different things. One is we build experiential websites so that when somebody lands on your website, they get to experience you before they even read what you do, right? Because people want real. They want authentic. They don't want to be sold to and pitched to anymore. So how we build that website is going to be really important in determining if people are going to want to get more information from you. So we build websites. As John mentioned, we also train your assistant on how to do all of your marketing for you. So that's your social media, video, blogging, et cetera. The third thing that we do is we launch books and make them bestsellers. And the fourth thing that we do is live streaming. Um, and so I've actually been a total geek for live streaming the past eight months, just figuring yes, out how been. to optimize it. I am always going live on Facebook, YouTube, you name it. And at the root of all of it, just like John said, I'm all about developing personal connection with each person that comes into my organization, regardless of outcome right? I'm not just nice to you if you buy something from me. Like I have a genuine interest to get to know people and then we'll see where the conversation goes. And if you were to look at my online platform right now and you go on social media or YouTube or Google me, you're going to see Amber with a big, huge smile on her face, full of energy and life. But that was not always the case. And so if I'm rewinding back into my younger years, especially the teenage era. And like I, I got to point something out before you talk about the yeah. teenage era though too. Yeah, what? Because this is something that I think really drew me to working with you because uh, everybody out there knows that I've been writing a book. My audience has been kind of following this journey and we were going to self-publish and I'd been doing all this research on who to have edit it, who to help me with the book launch, what is marketing. I mean, when you're almost doing this and it's new, it was crazy research. And I had all these different proposals. And when I first met Amber, this is one of your core competencies. Yeah. And you know what she did? She didn't pitch what you did at all. Mm -mm. You know, you told me that this is what you do. And then Amber, you offered to look at what I had and offer me suggestions, what works. And I'll never set, forget, I sat... Uh, for dinner with you and AJ for an hour and a half. Yeah. You guys never once did anything that was a pitch. You had me answer all the questions on all the research, what my plan was, and help me kind of reorder it. Yeah. And I was so impressed. I said, oh my gosh, if I had done it on my own, it would have been so much better than just walking into that dinner meeting. But I realized through that, you guys have a heart that I just love. And you obviously are experts. And then I reached out to you and I said, hey, what would it look like if I had you and your whole team just actually work with me on this instead of all the stuff that I found? So thank you for actually walking the talk because so many people 100%. out there are so out of their integrity that yeah. they say that they're all about that, but they have this ulterior motive. And, you know, that just is discordant and that's not you. But so... I just wanted to point Well, out. and this is what I think, I think the word faith comes in, right? So I have faith that if I show up in service to you and I give it all away, I give everything I've got all away, 
then I have faith that that will come back to me in some other way, shape or form. And it might be direct. It might be indirect in either way. I don't need to keep score because I look around and my life is full of beauty and abundance. Right. And it's because I am in such service to the people that I talk to. And And I think that when right mindset, yeah, because yeah. otherwise, if we're in scarcity, and you know, by the way, right now it would be effortless for us to live in scarcity because we are literally watching economies collapse and unemployment increase, and the future is uncertain. And we could literally convince our our minds to live in scarcity. But you know what? It's like shutting off a water faucet when you do that. And I don't know about you, John, but I want that water faucet flowing, right? Full force, flowing the energy. And so that means that when a crisis hits and scarcity is a potential, it's present, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to double down. I'm going to show up and I'm going to serve 10 times harder than anything I was doing before. So it really is not allowing myself to get into a position of being scared, Uh, living in fear. That was one of the reasons I named my company after No Guts, No Glory. Right now, you need to have courage, right? It's like, get up and let's take action. Let's make something happen. Let's be of service. Um, So you're speaking to my heart here. Now I'm all revved up. Back to a teenager. Yeah, I interrupted you because I wanted to put that in there because, you know, it's such a great lesson because uh, I think if people, you know, this time period that we're moving through right now, Nothing stays status quo. I've been through many adversities, economic cycles. I've lost entire companies because of market shifts after the internet bubble crashed. One got cut in half when the telecom crashed, and I personally lost almost everything. And then I was went to Wall Street, and I was in the finance world when 2008 happened and the, the bank <laughs> meltdown. And I've had some personal health crises that you guys know through. So Here's the thing. There's always another side. There's always going to be a point where we've gone through this. I don't know when it is, but we will look back and we will either, you'll have one of three things or one of two things. There is no third option, in my opinion. There is no status quo. It doesn't stay the same. You either got better on your relationships, your mindset, your marriage, how you dealt with you know your employees, how they experienced you, because I'll guarantee you, Everybody around you is going to remember how you showed up during a period of stress. Did you focus on them or was it all about you and the task and you didn't care about what was going on in their life? So we're either going to get better or we're going to get worse. And so this is a time to, you know, when you're talking about really creating connection and how to do that, there's not a more important time. It's always been important, but I think this has highlighted it. Yeah. And on that vein, what came up for me, John, is I'm sitting here thinking that before COVID happened, we all had 50 million ideas and projects that we were working on, right? Mm -hmm. But now is the time to simplify. You're almost getting tunnel vision. You're narrowing the pool down into a couple of things that matter the most right now, right? So actually, in some ways, you know, there are blessings that can come out of an experience like this because we even look at how it shifted our family unit, right? So before our focus was outward, right? And now we're focused back in on our family and how to connect more, or we're focused back down into our marriage, or at least that's where the opportunity is. So if you have not yet transitioned and you're still out there searching and looking at so many different things, maybe pick one or two things to focus on. Another way to put this, John, is that before uh, COVID hit, 
you know, I was telling people, guys, it's not about the size of your email list that matters. It's not about the size of your Facebook community that matters. It's about the quality of connections with the people that are in your community that matters, right? Mm. There are some marketers out there that are going to teach you that you should always be looking for new clients, new clients, new clients. So you're looking outward. But I question like, well, what about your past clients that already have the no like trust factor with you? Like what else could you be doing to serve them? It's not like it's just, they only have one need for you. And then you do it that one time and it's over. It's like, why don't we dig into the relationships that we have and go deeper instead of wider? You know, such a great point too, because there's a real lesson we can learn from that moving forward as everything collapsed, right? I think most of my clients, their companies from large technology and in defense industry firms, right? Those companies are actually doing well, but everything's in flux. One of my clients is an essential worker. She has to come into work. Her husband's immunocompromised and they have a young child with asthma. Think about the level of stress that's just been induced there. One of my clients owns a small company, 50 employees, and she had to lay 14 people off that have been with her for 10 years. So we are all going through some crazy things. So, But here's a choice that I decided. I, I'm not going to do anything that is business development with new clients. My entire focus, now uh, I've been introduced to some new people through this, but is to reach out to every single one of my clients, my past clients, people that were even having conversations with me that didn't hire me, but I timing wasn't right or I wasn't the right fit. But guess what? I've reached out to every one of them and yes. said, not, hey, how can I help? Because I did this with you, Amber, right before we got on. I said, you know what? I've been thinking about your, your business. Here's two or three things that I could do that I think could be really valuable. And yes. you know what? if you can afford it, great. And if you can't, we'll figure it out later. Because I just want to be a service and help you get through this. Because this is a time that we build relationships and build trust. Mm-hmm. I think without other expectations. Mm-hmm. You know what? We're going to learn how to do that. We're going to learn actually how to be better at what we do. A hundred percent. And that's going to completely change the conversation in the future when you have a new uh, a prospective client or customer who mm-hmm. comes into your world. I agree a hundred percent. So I keep pulling you off track, but I, I want to hear the story. So back to a teenager. <laughs> I, I really want to know. Yeah. I, I really want to know. So back to, I was a teenager. I'm going to pull you back there. I know. We really uh, left, left the audience. Yeah, we have fun talking. I know. Sorry, audience. <laughs> okay. All I was saying is that if you go online right now, you're going to see this happy, energetic Amber, right? And the belief and the confidence is going to be strong, but it wasn't always that way. And I really like to impress upon this point, John, because sometimes when we are lacking confidence, mm-hmm. we're looking at other people because we're trying to find the answer, trying to find the way back to confidence. But oftentimes when we're doing that, we start comparing ourselves to others and it actually makes us feel worse about ourselves. Mm. Like, oh, of course, Amber could do it. Look, she's this young, nice looking, smiley person. Of course, she can be successful, you know, and it can actually be self-destructive behavior. And so I like to point people to the fact that I wasn't born this way, or maybe I was and I lost my way. I forgot who I was or something, but I can tell you that In my teenage years, I was a very depressed, lost, unhappy, as putting it lightly, person. I grew up not having friends, not being well-liked, and I never really got why. I thought, why don't people like me? Why don't I fit in at school? And for whatever reason, 
the girls just called me bad names and the boys teased me. And that's what my experience was. And when that's your experience for your first 17 years of life, you just eventually start to believe that you're not a good person. So as that became part of your identity, I'm sure that colored then how you saw the world, how you made decisions, how you reacted to people, everything. Everything. Choices you made. Like, Every- hey, I can't go do that. I'll fail. I'll get, I'll get made fun of. Like, literally everything started falling apart. I was getting grounded all the time. It just was perpetual. Like one bad thing led to another bad thing that led to 15 other bad things. And it just got so out of control. And I had a rock bottom moment when I was 16 years old. And it was this moment that really shook me wildly. We all have those, right? There are many people on the planet that today is their rock bottom moment, right? And um, I was just interviewing this wonderful man. He's a top executive in Weston Hotels, Arjun. And he was saying the view from the cliff is the best. He was saying how important rock bottom moments are because out of those moments, you can start to create your new reality and your new future, but it really comes down to making a conscious choice. And that's exactly what I did. In that moment, I realized that nobody was going to save me. Nobody. My parents weren't going to save me. My teachers weren't going to save me. There wouldn't be like all of a sudden some nice kid would start to friend me at school. Nobody was going to save me. I had to save me. And I didn't want to accept that at first until it just became so obvious that I knew there was no other way. So decision by decision, day by day, I started making decisions based on who I wanted to be. Mm. Who would I be proud to be? Definitely not decisions based on how I felt today or who I thought I was today, because then I would just keep making bad decisions. So instead, I kept looking years ahead at somebody that I would respect, somebody I would like, somebody I would want to be friends with. What kind of a person would that person have to be? Well, she would have to be honest. She would have to be kind. She would need to smile. She would need to blah, 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 blah. I started thinking about all of the things that I liked in other people. And then I thought, well, what if I could make decisions to adopt some of those core behaviors or those core values? And the more I did that, John, everything changed. I graduated with honors. I repaired the relationship with my parents. I had confidence. I felt seen for the first time, seen by others, admired by my peers into my Cutco years when I was selling Cutco cutlery. And I started getting recognized for doing a good job. And I thought, oh my gosh, it feels so good to get recognized. So if I do a good job, If I work hard and get good results, people like you and then they respect you and they want to be around you. They want to know how it is that you're doing what you're doing. And you could almost see how this character, this identity was born. And it started out of a craving of just wanting to be seen, heard, valued. And now, fast forward all of these years later, I'm in a position every single day in my chair where I get to sit in front of somebody and I get to help them feel heard loved, Mm. seen and valued and validated and help them get their message out in the world. I don't care if it's through a website, talking about social media, launching a book. I love what I do because I breathe life into people every day. And it's awesome. And it breathes life back into you, doesn't it? And it breathes it right back into me. It's amazing. So here's a question for you because, you know, I've been through kind of a, that process of almost rooting 
out the lies that I've accepted as truths, right? What happens, I think, is like we start to develop these chains of a false identity and they kept us bound. Like you, I could imagine this little girl just sitting in her room, sad. Crying my eyes out. Crying your eyes out. And I got to tell you, there's, I, I talk to some people all the time, even as adults, even as the executive who everybody looks up to in town. I know there's people who are listening right now. You feel exactly the same way. Uh, because we haven't worked through this process. And I like what you said, right? What are some of those small things that changed your behavior? Here's my question. When you made a mistake, though, like this is who you want to be, and I want to operate from this place, but you fall back on all these old bad habits and you have a terrible interaction with somebody, right? Because I know I, I've done that as I'm trying to change, right? And you get angry with yourself, you're mad and you're frustrated. What did you find help you? continue on this path of choosing something better versus maybe seeing that as proof that maybe I can't change and it's not worth the effort? That's a really good question. I mean, I don't recall beating myself up unnecessarily about it, but I remember forcing myself to have awareness about what I did and why I chose to do it. And sometimes I did it, I would make a decision because I literally felt so bad inside that I was, you know, like back then as this bad example, but I would go smoke a cigarette and it's like, that's a bad choice. And I thought, why did you do that, Amber? Why did you, you were already feeling bad. You know that that's not who you want to be. Why did you do that? And it's like, because I feel bad and I wanted, I don't know, I just wanted an outlet. And I, and then I would like literally I deserved think, like, it. I had a bad yeah, day. I deserved it. But then it's like, but why did you do that? Like, that doesn't even make sense. And I would try to almost lot like a lawyer, I would logically try to work through the problem and think that doesn't even make sense. That behavior doesn't make sense. So if it doesn't make sense, why are you going to keep doing it? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I guess that might not be the best example, but for no, me. No, it's a, no, it's actually a great example. Okay. Because for me, I just wanted to logically dispel the crazy things, the crazy decisions that I was making. And the other side of it is not just looking at the bad decisions that I was making, but focusing on the good decisions I was making. Mm. And I think that part of it is if you can really reward yourself for your good behavior and start to put your energy and focus there it's not hard to let go of your bad habits, right? It's just choosing to focus on the good instead of choosing to focus on the negative. We all make mistakes. We're human. We all do things that we shouldn't do. If it's not a cigarette when you're 15, then you're having an extra glass of wine at night, or you've said something that you shouldn't have to your spouse, or you didn't pay attention to your kid. And instead you were looking at your cell phone. It's like, everybody, there's nobody on the planet that can't understand those things, but you have to have awareness of, dang it, that was an opportunity that I just missed my son's life because I was paying attention to my phone. I don't want to be that person anymore. So the next time I go to reach for that phone, I'm going to remember that choice I made before and how that made me feel. It didn't feel very good. So I'm going to put my phone down and I'm going to focus on my son, which is what I ultimately want to do anyway. Much happier doing that anyway. Reward the good decision and just move forward. It's just a habit that we need to create. Now, there's something, you know, when you talk about breaking habits, you just shared something that is a powerful piece of that, and that is precognition or pre-experiencing it. Your assessment was, I picked up the phone, I didn't get to spend the time with my son, I missed that cool moment. I don't want that to happen again. So you're thinking in your head, next time 
that phone rings, but it's family time, I'm going to make a choice to put it down. Because if we don't actually think about what that is, if you think about it, there's an event that happens in the world, right? Your son's sitting there playing, your phone rings, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have a thought. What's your thought? Oh, I have to pick the phone up. It's more important. Or do I want my thought to be, no, this is family time. They can wait. The feeling for the phone could be like, I'm annoyed because you're interrupting <laughs> my family time. But my first thought was, I need my, to serve my customer first, right? Over my family. Then you're going to choose an action. Your thought always leads to a feeling, leads to an action. Now, if you repeat this over and over and over, guess what? You skip because your brain wants to be efficient. You will skip the thought and the feeling. So if you haven't thought about it, the phone rings at night and you're having an amazing family time or family game night, guess what you'll do? You'll say, hey, I'll be right back. And you walk away from the family game night. I'm not speaking from experience. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and say, and then you're on a half hour conversation and your whole family's on pause in the other room going, we don't matter. Okay. So you just said something super important. Think about it. if that happens, examine that outcome. Like that built my relationship. I got better or I got worse right? And work yourself back and say, when something happens again, what is that thought I want to have in that moment? Maybe it's with an employee, maybe it's with a customer, maybe it's with yourself. But what is that thought, that feeling and that action that's going to help you identify the habits and why maybe you're responding to certain things. And that is a tool because it clearly worked for you, Amber, that allowed you to change. I think your brain naturally kind of landed on that, but that's what you were doing. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. I largely, everything that I do is based on how I want to feel. Mm. I mean, honestly, at the end of every day, how do I want to feel? Because I'm highly sensitive and emotional. I don't know why I am so gosh darn sensitive and emotional, but I am. And now I just accept it. I'm like done with trying to change myself. <laughs> there are a lot of benefits and values to being a sensitive person, but therefore what my emotional temperature is inside. Oh my gosh, I, all day long, I'm making decisions to make sure that what I feel inside is good, clean, love, light, right? That's what I want to feel inside. So that means in order to maintain that harmony inside, then I need to do right by my customers, right? So I'm not just going to build you a website that's good enough. I'm going to freaking crush it for you and build you the best ever possible website because then I'm going to feel really good. Or, you know, so I tend to do these bigger gestures. I tend to over deliver. I'm on a phone call last week with this gentleman, Ron. It was a 30 minute phone call that turned into a 75 minute phone call. Why? Because I wanted to just pour into that man. I just felt like this was my purpose in this moment. No clue if he's going to buy or not. Don't even care. I felt like this is what I'm here mm -hmm. to do in this moment. And then I would come home and I would have this amazing giggle fest session with my little three-year-old son. And I'd be like, yes, this felt right in this moment. And so even self-care plays into that, mm. you know, work out in the morning. Yes, this feels good in my body. And when I hit that pillow at night, I have people ask me like, oh, how are you sleeping at night? Probably not very good. Like the rest of us, I sleep awesome at night because I know that I am using my light and my gifts in the world every single day. So however you choose to do and that, you have that, faith that, that abundance you're putting out there, like That's you talked about it, yeah, with Ron, sure. that it's going to come back. And to relate this back into marketing, for example, you know, you don't have to, at the end of the day, like beat yourself up because you didn't do the video and the email newsletter on top of social media and do the client calls. 
focus on a couple of things that you're doing right that you did really well at. Don't put a lot of you know, mediocre stuff out online or don't just quickly get back to your client because you're swamped. It's like, take the time and do it right. And if you need to spend a little bit longer than you wanted to, like you're telling your client, I'm sorry, I need to send you that email tomorrow as it turns out, but I really want to show up and do it right for you. Or if you didn't get to your Instagram post today, then do it tomorrow. But when you are working when you are with your family, be there, be intentional and deliver the goods. Yeah, I love that. One of our family sayings is excellence is the standard, but grace is the word. Let's have a standard of excellence on everything that we do. Yeah. But guess what? If somebody messes up, especially now, I think people are a little more stressed. Mm, Love that. You also said something I want to pick up on. You said, you know what, when we compare ourselves to others, right? One of my friends is a mindset coach to some of the top NBA and NFL players. And he shared with me some really cool stories, but he said comparison is the biggest performance killer physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Uh, Like you talked about early on and you just said something that uh, I want to highlight. You know what? It's about competing with the best version of yourself. Yes. Versus comparing (laughs) yourself to others. And guess what? And what we talked about before is you were on this journey to connect to that better version of yourself, that person that you wanted to be. And I think what I've seen over time, right, is that person, it's almost like this alter ego that you wanted to become. And over time, you actually learned so much, I think, about how God wired you, who you were created to be, what your, what your actual true core values were, and then started living those out where you honored those. And I think there's a way to really work in that. I'm going to tell a quick story. My son, this was a a few years ago. He was at the bottom of the heap in baseball, okay, on his team. He was struggling. He was in a strump. So I shared with my friend Jamie, uh, who's this mindset coach, right? He goes, well, what do you ask your son when he comes off the field? And I said, well, you know, I say, well, hey, buddy, how you doing? How'd you hit? How'd you play? Right? How'd you pitch? And Jamie looks at me and goes, you're the problem. I'm like, ouch. What do you mean? You are forcing him with your questions to compare himself to everybody else on his team. You are forcing him, which is why he is stuck. He goes, why don't you just do this? When he comes off the field, you just say, hey, tell me one thing you did well today. One thing, that's it. Even if it was his worst game ever, let's focus on the positive. And then he said, now go ask him. And he requires this of his clients. Tell me 10 things that you learned. Well, a 13-year-old is not going to come up with 10 things. I learned that pretty quick. So we actually <laughs> we started out and we're vo- just focusing on one thing. And guess what? By just talking on the way home, no dad to son coaching, but like, hey, what did you learn? Right? Hey, you struck out three times. What did you learn? And he came up with stuff that he started noticing. Do you know by the end of that season, that's the only thing I changed because of Jamie's input with me. He was voted MVP by all of his peers. That stoked in him a belief that he actually could be a great baseball player, and he's been on that trajectory ever since. So my my friend Jamie, if you're listening, thank you so much. But it was that, right? Switch from compare to compete with best self. Focus on what did you learn? Mm -hmm. What are those 10 things you learned? And what did you do well? Because that gives you the grace, and it moves you toward excellence because now you're learning yourself, and then you're, you're forcing yourself to apply it. I love, love, love that. 
I love competing with the self. I do that. I love what did you do right? In fact, I was um, kind of talking on this like podcast panel about a week and a half ago. And out of that, uh, my friend Dan Cassetta said something that anyway, triggered a nightly routine that we have now um, where we're at the dinner table and we turn to each other and share what the other person did right today. Right. So I would turn to my husband, Jason, and I would say, Jason, what I observed that you did right today was when you did this thing with clay and I saw the way that he interacted with whatever it was. And that just made me feel like fill in the blank. Right. And then Jason would turn to my mom and say, Sharon, here's what you did right today. And that's it. Because in this, what I noticed early on when you're in quarantine is that you're hyper aware of all the things that are not getting done, not to the way you need them in your little space and your controlled environment. Right. And so when we started to go around and praise each other for what we did, right. All of those other little issues just disappeared. It was unbelievable. So now imagine doing that in your company right? What if in your company, you start your team meetings, whatever it is, you start your week, maybe it's an email chain you go around and people on the team point to somebody and say, this is what you did right. And I want to thank you for that. Yeah, How I would that change your culture? We, you know, every client I work with, Amber, I teach them that you need to start every meeting with uh, where everybody feels welcomed. I have people share something good. And then I actually teach people how to give an affirmation. And that's what you're just talking about. Yeah. And if you start that, especially as the leader, and you encourage other people to start affirming others, not a way to suck up or not flattery. Remember, flattery it has to be genuine. It has to yeah. be genuine. It has yeah. to be something that they actually did, a character trait that they have uh, shown that you think has been really you know, adding value. Yeah. It has to be real. You look them in the eye, right? And you affirm them. You can change a, a team overnight by doing just what, just what you shared. I totally agree. Think about your customer base. Affirm right? them, right? Like I'm a service provider. So I am here to do a service for somebody, right? So all day long, people just tell me, this is what I need. 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 And it would be so unexpected for me as the service provider to come back and say, you know what, Halise, this is what you're doing right. And I just really value you. I appreciate you. I don't even think they would know what to do with themselves if that's how I started conversations, right? And I think it could change the whole service provider role. So I say that to say, maybe this is a good challenge for all of us right now that when you're looking at your family, your spouse, your team, your clients, you know, your community on Facebook, what if we started by telling other people what they were doing right? I think we're starting to move me here, John. I love how about it. this? I want everybody out there who's <laughs> listening, right? Here's yeah. a... Here, let's just do this, right? And I love for you to comment on Amber's page or my page yes. or even just share it with a friend is go today, go affirm to people. Even like I tell you what, yesterday, yes. the guy came and dropped off groceries at our front doorstep, right? My wife has asthma and some high blood pressure. So we have been super careful. And it's nice that our grocery store now does delivery. So I see him. So he's out there with his kids. So he must have been an Uber driver, I'm guessing. Right. I didn't want to go outside until they were clear of the front door because they're putting groceries down. But as he was driving away, I stepped outside and he rolled down his window. And I said, thank you so much for doing this. So we don't have to go to the store because, you know, my wife and I so appreciate you're out here with your son. Right. And you're doing this. It's a huge service for us. And I really appreciate it. You know, what? whether if the grocery store 
or it's your spouse or your kid. Just today, you know, how about this? Just make it a habit of make sure intentionally you're doing two affirmations a day because that's simple. We can always find something to affirm. And guess what? Now we create a habit and you watch, you look back and go, what? After a few weeks, your team, your family, your company, how you feel about yourself can change because I've seen it. Just with a simple thing. I agree. And I challenge you to look at the people who wouldn't normally get the recognition. Like here's John. John pours so much time and money and energy into this podcast, you know, so affirming you. Thank you for your efforts of bringing these amazing guests together and the work that you're doing. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's beautiful, but I think it's important in a, an environment, whether we're in the middle of a crisis or not, that's just goodness. And that does come back to you in magnificent ways. So Amber Vilhauer, NGNGenterprises.com. Where else can they find you? I'm all over the internet. So I better be if, if this is my work as in building online businesses. Right. But you can just, um, Google search me, Amber Vilhauer, kind of a tricky last name. So it's V-I-L-H-A-U-E-R for those of you that are just on audio. Good Norwegian name. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, honestly, pick a platform that you love and I'm probably there. And I'm the kind of person that I'm I'm down with the people. Like I'm not on some pedestal. So come have a conversation with me and tell me about what moved the needle for you during this conversation because I personally found it very impactful. I have notes that I've been taking over here. Every time I talk to John, there's such wisdom. But anyway, I'm here for any conversation that anybody wants to have. Yes, you are. You're amazing. You've helped me. Re- like, uh, just tell everybody right now, too, just in full transparency, Amber's helped me redo my website. You know what you did going through the process was interesting. You helped me to really, we were talking about this before we hit record, right? Really figure out not only who I am, but how do I help people understand what that is so I connect to people I can really serve? And, you know, that's easier said than done. <laughs> that's a process. The other thing is, too, is uh, like I've worked with all these. I'll never forget this. I've worked with all these people, digital marketing specialists, yada, 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 paid for their help, paid for their time about creating a whole content calendar to put stuff together that's actually going to be meaningful. And you gave me a it was like a four minute video that I watched and I sat down and I knocked that whole thing out in like 10 minutes. And I couldn't believe how like you have the ability. It's a gift. It's a God given gift to take it's the most gift. complex yeah, it is. systems and bring it down to the most essential things. So somebody like me yep. can just take exactly what they need and then go do. And yep. I so like in this crazy, busy Mach five, hyper-caffeinated, shelter-at-home environment that we find ourselves in right now, you know what, if I can find like the, the nugget to go do, and that's what you helped me do. So you're helping me with my book launch, website. So if anybody else there just wants a second opinion on what they're doing or just needs yeah. some help, like uh, also Amber has trained some, because that's who we work with. She's my daughter-in-law also. You train her. She's building a business because of how well Amber has trained Casey. But whatever you need help with, reach out to Amber. I'd love to help you. Anything I can do with your team. You know, if you need somebody to come in like right now for a quick fix on a problem that you're having that you might not have the time, kind of like what Amber does with marketing, I do with leadership and teams and communication. So I'd love for you guys to reach out to me. I'd love to be of value. So 
well, you know, with that, as we wrap up, Amber, who's awesome, any final thoughts just want to leave with everybody? Yes. What I feel called to share is a quote that says, the only way through it is through it. So whatever you are facing right now, tackle it head on. Mm. Have the strength, have the courage, face it, lean into it, whether it's fear or guilt or you're grieving. Many of us right now are grieving what was, what they thought the future was going to look like for them. Many plans got completely wiped off. A lot of months of hard work of making those plans too. So have grace with yourself. Lean into what's really going on inside of you. Don't ignore it. Don't brush it to the side. Don't cover it up. Lean into it. Open and honest communication with the people around you. Let them know what you need and why. Mm -hmm. When you tell people why you need a certain something, whether it's a certain communication style or whatever it is, it's amazing how people feel compassion and then they over deliver for you. So that's kind of a mishmash of different um, thoughts and, and bits of wisdom there, John, but the only way through it really is through it. So tackle it head on, like, let's go. Yeah. And what I heard there too, is not, it's through it, but also you need to through it's a team sport. You know, it's times like this, you know, our friendship, we've talked and a lot of Larry Kay, Steve, I mean, just our whole grad class. I mean, Amber and I have so many wonderful relationships in common, but you know what? We're all reaching out to each other. And, you know, sometimes we're commiserating. Sometimes we're crying. Sometimes we're encouraging. Sometimes we're brainstorming on what's next. But you need to have people, I think, that allow you to go through something like this, though, from that place of abundance and kind of a, of growth that the future is going to be better because the people that allow you to commiserate and move toward a victim or a fixed kind of mentality are going to do you a disservice. So I'd also tell you that, you know, pick those people to be around that are going to help you move, even if it's a little bit toward a, a place that's maybe just a little better. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, John. You're the best. See you, you later. do it. <laughs> <laughs>